This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The ocean is turning red hot. You try to get closer for a better look, but you start feeling the air getting hotter and hotter, like reaching into an oven. And the sand is so hot that your rubber slippers start melting. The oceans somehow turned into steamy, hot, gooey lava. You start running inland and see a frenzy of people running wild. See, in reality, lava is made of molten rocks from below the Earth's surface. Deep inside our planet, like the distance between New York and Philadelphia deep, the underground heat from the core melts rocks the same way the sun melts ice cream. When these rocks melt, their temperatures can reach around 2200 degrees Fahrenheit. But don't worry, that only happens really deep under the ground, and only in some specific areas, mostly around the Atlantic Ocean. And it only pops out of the ground when there's so much pressure that it flows up to the surface as a gooey orange super hot liquid called lava that usually erupts through a volcano's neck. But somehow, the entire ocean is made of lava now. And although from a really far away distance, it looks pretty cool to look at, it's really dangerous. First of all, say goodbye to the beautiful blue waves and the ocean currents. Unlike water, lava is thicker, closer to creamy peanut butter in texture, so the wind can't move it around like it used to. But that also means that nothing can sink or swim in it. So even if some ocean creatures could withstand the super high temperatures of lava, they won't be able to live inside of it. They'll either be submerged or float on the surface instead, depending on their density. So, all our marine friends and other creatures that used to call the ocean home will need to find another body of water to live in if they want to survive. Actually, the only animals on this planet that could possibly survive the heat of lava would be the tardigrades. These cute microscopic creatures can survive in any extreme environment on this planet. From frozen icy glaciers to hot and fiery volcanoes, they can even survive in outer space under the cosmic rays. You run away from the beach along with everyone else nearby. The atmosphere is getting thicker and it's not easy to see around you. You think to yourself, I should have stayed home. But home isn't exactly safe either. The heat radiating from all the lava alone would be intolerable for miles. So no more houses by the sea and beach resorts. You're gonna want to make sure you live as far away from the ocean as possible. Most of the coastal cities would become instantly uninhabitable, especially areas touching the ocean with more than one side. Places like Florida, California, and Central America would become mostly unbearable to live in. And that's not to mention island life. Most islands would be so hot that no animal or plant could survive. 97% of the planet was made up of ocean water, and it now all turned to lava. No place on Earth can hold snow anymore, as the planet would look like a glowing orange lava ball. Temperatures would rise so much that the furthest place from the shores, and even the highest peaks, 
will still feel like the hottest day in a desert. As you keep running away from the ocean, you realize that maybe you're dreaming. But you look at your skin and see so much redness. Even if you run for miles, the heat will still catch up to you. All the offshore oil rigs and ships in the middle of the oceans will face plenty of problems too. Their metallic composition would simply glow red and melt instantly when in contact with hot lava. And even if it doesn't melt, you better hope nobody happens to be on it. But in any event like that, they would have evacuated everyone. Meanwhile, at the North and South Poles, where the planet is at its coldest, all the ice that was covering the ocean is instantly melting in contact with the lava. It would then cool down and solidify into rocky black landmasses called igneous rocks that are often glassy in texture. The moment the hot lava cools down, huge clouds of acidic steam and gases get released into the air, covering the sky. Scientists call those lays, which is a combination of the words lava and haze. Kind of like when you exit the shower and all the heat comes in contact with the cold outside air, creating a haze. Except this one would cover the whole North and South Poles, and it would be super toxic. It sometimes even contains tiny glass particles that are extremely hazardous. And this lays can travel around the world with strong enough wind and cover almost the entire Northern Hemisphere. It could also cover the southern part of New Zealand, Argentina, South Africa, and Australia. Flying an airplane through this gas wouldn't be the best idea. The heat alone emitted from the lava would be enough to cause major damage to the exterior and affect the airplane's hardware. It's a good thing you found your trusty oxygen container. The air is barely breathable at this point. You make your way to your car and drive away as fast as you can. But even your car's taken some damage. You drive out to the countryside, where the atmosphere hasn't been affected by the lava yet. But even all the way out here, the temperature is changing. The river you used to see on your weekly hikes is drying up. The plants around you are losing their green lush. The animals around have migrated to a different place. Rivers flowing into the ocean would simply create mounds of glassy igneous rocks upon contact permanently creating natural dams. The rest of the water inland, like in ponds and lakes, would eventually evaporate over time. With the rise in temperatures and no rainfall, it would be the end of water on the planet as we know it. Ooh, that party was wild! You and your friends go out of the club and call a taxi. Ten minutes later, you're all riding in comfort to your homes. From the corner of your eye, while chatting with your buddies, you register that streetlights are out already. Although it's 3 a.m. and still dark outside, yeah, whatever. The taxi drops you at your house and speeds away. The driveway is dark as well. Everyone's probably asleep, no wonder. You walk to your front door. Ah, the motion-sensitive light doesn't turn on. Now that's weird. The bulb must have blown. You shrug and fumble for your keys in the dark. Ah, gotcha. Now, be quiet not to wake everyone. You don't turn on the lights in the hall, take off your shoes, and tiptoe to the bathroom. All you need now is a good shower to wash off the sweat from all that dancing. You click the light switch, and nothing. The light doesn't turn on here, either. Now, that's not a coincidence. 
you briefly think of going to the basement and using the diesel generator, but drop the idea. The thing is too loud. Okay, you'll wash in the dark then. You turn the bath tap, but all it does is gurgle and let out a few grimy drops, and then it goes quiet. Ah, oh, wonderful. No light, no water. The best end of the night ever. Annoyed, you go upstairs to your room, careful not to step on your cat on the way, and fall on the bed without even undressing. What's the point, right? Morning. You wake up feeling yucky. The clothes cling to your body. You desperately need a shower now. You go downstairs to the bathroom, click on the lights without thinking, and it all comes back to you. There's still no light. You check the tap again. No news there either. Just great. Okay, it's 11 a.m. already. Generator it is then. You go to the basement and pour some gas into the tank, then turn it on. It begins roaring loudly, but at least it works. That means you have electricity now. As you go back up, you see your mom's woken up. You explain what's going on and go outside to the nearby store to get some bottled water. On the way, you meet one of your neighbors. He's carrying a gallon bottle of water in each hand. You quickly find out everyone seems to have the same problem. No light, no water. As you turn the corner, even from afar, you can see a line before the store entrance. You have to wait for a full 20 minutes before your turn comes and you take your own two gallons. The cashier informs you in a tired voice that card payments are not available due to power outage. Only cash, please. You roll your eyes and give him five bucks. Surely it's a temporary inconvenience, nothing more. You go back hauling the bottles. It's been a full month now without electricity and tap water. What started as a nuisance is now turning into a full-blown disaster. Most public venues are closed, as well as factories and even schools. TV isn't working either, obviously, so many people have gone unemployed. You had to drop your studies, helping your parents in the yard. They've been busy growing their own vegetables there. But what really worries you is that there still hasn't been any official announcement about what's happening. People are starting to gather in close communities to help each other. Many of those whose work was related to computers and machines are now learning to survive on their own without the modern conveniences. But even farmers have had it tough. They try to use machines sparingly, saving the fuel, and their work has become increasingly hard. Bottled water is becoming a luxury too. The prices have skyrocketed in the past few weeks, and if it doesn't get better soon, only select few will have access to clean water. At home, you only turn on the diesel generator when it's necessary to cook food or do a quick cleanup once every few days. At other times, you don't use electricity at all. You're starting to get used to waking up at dawn to catch as much sunlight during the day as possible. When the sun sets, nothing can be done in the darkness, so you either go to sleep after a hard day's work or burn a candle and read a good old-fashioned book. Half a year has passed, nothing's changing, there's still no information about what caused the outage, and people who went on expeditions to other towns 
return with the same news from everywhere. The problem seems to be global. Getting used to your new lifestyle, you and your parents have reorganized your household. You've got a couple of cows and several chicken for milk and eggs. And your backyard is now a real garden with cucumbers, potatoes, tomatoes, and even apples growing under your supervision. Getting water for drinking and gardening is an ordeal, though. Bottled water has become too rare and extremely expensive. So now you have to go to the river six miles away. At first, you traveled there by car, taking as many bottles and canisters as could fit. But after a few months, you've completely run out of gas. So now and your dad walk all the way down there and back. At least you have a cart, so you can haul more than you would with your bare hands. But the journey still takes the best part of a day. Okay, this is how it starts. You're woken up by a strange sound. Not the alarm, though. It's 5 a.m. After a few seconds, you realize the strange sound is a knock on the window. But you live on the 12th floor. Who or what could be knocking? Window cleaners? You live in an ordinary apartment building, not a skyscraper with offices. The knocking is getting stronger. You muster up the courage and go to the window, reach for the curtain, and abruptly pull it aside. What you see is fantastic! There are flying or floating small fish outside your window. Thousands of them. A shoal of sardines rising directly to the sky. A few knock on your window as they pass. There are so many sardines, you can't see what's going on outside. But as the last fish flies by, the full picture opens before you. Large and small fish fly between the houses. Octopuses cut through the air with their tentacles into a rain cloud. A huge whale is slowly drifting toward the horizon. Above the roof of a nearby house, two sharks chase four sea lions. A neighbor waves to you. He holds a fishing rod from the window and waits for the fish to bite. A school, no, a flock of dolphins flies past your window. They cheerfully whistle as if they're greeting you. What's going on? You turn on the TV. All the channels are playing the same thing. Sea creatures of the Earth have learned to fly, leaving the ocean and filling the air. All flights worldwide are canceled, and fishing vessels are idle in the seas, oceans, lakes, and rivers. And no one knows what happened. Well, you get dressed and go outside. Sea turtles crawl on the ground. They shiver, flap their fins, and rise into the air. A flock of shrimp flies past you. Has the ocean lost its gravity? What happened to all the water? You live in a port town close to the sea, so you decide to go to the coast. You reach the shore and see the water is calm. Gravity seems to be intact, but the sea creatures continue to take to the air. Six months later, people gradually get used to the new natural phenomenon. Fish occupy most of the sky. Some sea creatures penetrate the middle layers of the atmosphere. Smaller birds have almost disappeared since the presence of predatory fish in the sky. But birds of prey that hunt fish gained weight. They've eaten so much that they can't fly anymore. Plump gulls, albatrosses, pelicans, and eagles can hardly walk and barely support themselves. Planes stopped flying and ship travel increased. The world's ecosystem is completely changing. 
The ocean becomes lifeless. The number of bacteria, microbes, and various nutrients in the water move to the air. People get sick more often, and in some areas, it becomes difficult to breathe. When it rains, millions of shrimp and small fish fall to the ground along with the water. Many predatory mammals that have been feeding on fish begin to starve. They go out to the roads and cities to find food. Scientists research the flying creatures and find that they somehow change the structure of their lungs. But how fish got the ability to fly is still unknown. It seems nature just decided to push people out of their usual environment. Fishermen build balloons to fish in the sky. Some athletes throw a lasso at flying whales and ride them like huge horses. Though the landing can be difficult. Creatures that previously swam only in the very depths of the ocean settle at high altitudes. Researchers discover new, previously unknown fish species. From the ocean depths, a giant octopus rose into the air. Many call it the kraken. This monster has found a new home right on top of Mount Everest. Now everyone is afraid to climb this mountain. The most deep water creatures reach space. On the ISS, astronauts observe amazing animals flying past. They look like aliens from other planets, not Earth. In some areas, sharks descend to the ground for food. In these places, people are afraid to go out. Fishing companies buy huge Boeings and attach nets to it to catch fish in the air. But flights are not safe, especially when a whale suddenly appears smack dab in their path. Authorities impose curfews in many cities. People climb to the roofs and watch an incredible sight at night. Flying jellyfish floating in the air. Thanks to the bioluminescent protein in jellyfish, they glow. Stars in the sky mix with the neon transparent creatures. But be careful! Some of these jellyfish are very venomous. Some people were so fascinated by the beautiful jellyfishes that they touched them and ended up in the hospital. Squid, frightened by the new conditions, release ink into the air. When a lot of squids do this, the ink blots out the light from the sun. Massive traffic jams appear on the roads because electric eels fly through the streets and shock traffic lights. While all of humanity is looking up at the sky, almost no one has noticed what is happening down here. All over the world, people with a strange physical disability show up in hospitals. Weird holes form under people's ears. Doctors don't understand what they're dealing with. But then, one of the patients jumps into a lake, and it turns out he can breathe underwater. All people grow gills. At first, most people refuse to go underwater. But their changed lungs force them to do so, or spend the rest of their lives in a gas mask. Some people are happy to go under the water and start a new life. The human body adapts to the cold temperatures and high pressure. There is a lot of work ahead to create cities and infrastructure, but things are not so bad. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.